0: This is Mission Disco, the conversation about imagination, innovation, and Christian mission in Ireland and beyond. I am Simon Kilpatrick.
1: And I am Brian Sanders. We are your DJs for this conversation. So today we're going to talk, we're talking about calling, but you're a parent. I am correct. You still have three daughters. I Last do, yeah. I checked. Okay, you've nine um, children. Do you? I, <laughs> Twelve children. What do you have? They, it just keeps. It just. It's like uh, church people exaggerate the number of people that come to their services. Yeah, yeah. So if we did that with kids, that would be awkward. Yeah, yeah. But um, you have three lovely, beautiful girls. Um, one of which likes me. By the <laughs> way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's another one to add to your what, list of people what, like you. What, <laughs>
1: one out of three of your girls likes me. One is indifferent, which is I'll take it. She's she's I'm fine, but it's not a problem. And then one really truly is horrified by me. And in your life, <laughs> if you were to compile of all the people who know you, what list would be bigger. I think that's about right, too. I think that's about, about the normal yeah, yeah. It's about the normal proportions. <laughs> For my life, but uh, same for most people.
0: Is that just a you thing? <laughs> Probably me, just me. So people, I'm actually you. quite
1: happy with a third of people liking me. I think <laughs> that that's is pretty, pretty good high. It's yeah. good day for... more like a batting average than anything. So we're talking, we're talking today about calling. Um, but I always use the I always when I talk about calling, I I use the analogy of like calling out to my children. You yeah, know, that you've you've heard me talk yeah. about that, but yeah, no, it's a helpful analogy, but. uh you know I don't know let's just let's just talk about our kids for a second as we start because you know do do your kids listen to you when you call them I mean what's what's that experience like for you when you when you shout out a name or do you do that I mean do Irish people shout at their
0: kids yeah they do yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) definitely do sometimes it works yeah most of the time it probably works it depends on whether you shorten their name and they know um what you're calling them to if you use a nickname for them or whether it's their full name um and how far they are away but See, I would, sure. I would
1: think like Sive would come to you. When yeah, you generally she's a, pretty good. Yeah, like she's gonna report for duty. Now she's, she's a
0: little bit reluctant. Or yeah, depends what it is.
1: And maybe Quinn would just be like not interested. I'm gonna yeah, pass. Just, whatever. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> if we're going somewhere doing something interesting, she's on for it. She'll follow.
1: Mm.
0: How do yours? response well of
1: course i you know my kids always think if i'm shouting out one of their names they think that kid's in trouble so it's usually something a little more dark uh
0: so they're delighted to oh very much so yeah like oh
1: dad wants you let's (laughs) say but of course we this it it's a good way to it's a good way to start the discussion Mm. because we we have to maybe demystify the calling you know what is your calling and Mm. um (laughs) because at one level this this idea of vocation or is related to vocalization. It's just it's just like God speaking to us, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yes, I do think there's there's sort of profound, lifelong kind of implications to the idea of God giving us a vocation or calling us to something or to a um, a path or way of life or something like that. But but maybe it's important that we. We just admit also that it's just the 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 belief, the doctrine that God speaks to us. Mm-hmm. God can mm-hmm. and does speak to each of us. Like it's, it to me, it's it says something about the personal nature mm-hmm. of God.
0: Yeah, that He would know our names, that He mm-hmm. would know about us,
1: and that the relationship that we've entered into with God through jesus is personal it's dialogical it's relating to him you know it's funny too when we think about prayer which i think calling is is deeply intertwined with the work of prayer the life of prayer um you know maybe we we can be guilty of making the mistake of talking all the time in prayer. You know, like, and not listening. Yeah, what is mm. prayer? We think it's me talking to God yeah. or me sort of folding my hands and saying my mm. prayers. As if prayers are something that you only say. But, of course, a life of prayer, a truer, fuller, richer life of prayer is a life of listening, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's listening to the voice of God in our lives. And maybe maybe it's important to demystify that a little bit. I don't know maybe maybe it needs to be mystified first but that god means to speak to us he he wants to speak to us at least it's my belief that that's the case and it's a deep conviction that then flows into the way we think about church how we organize ourselves what it means to be fully human what it means to live a whole life you know
0: um yeah i think as humans we have a desire to be known by others, but ultimately by God. And we have a desire to be loved, known and loved at the same time. But I think there's also a desire within us um, to have purpose, yeah, to have meaning. I think thinking about calling, there's a passage I came across recently where Mary's in the garden looking for Jesus' body and, you know, the gardener said, you know, his body's gone. And she turns around to this man who is Jesus, but she doesn't recognize him and says, you know, where's the body gone? And And Jesus says her name and there's an instant... Recognition of who he is, because there's a relationship there. She's heard her name being said, and mm. um, there's a relationship there. And then out of that, um, there's a purpose for it as well. She says, don't, "Jesus says, don't hold on to me. Go and tell the disciples." Mm. So it's a, I think to hear a calling, we have to have mm. that relationship. We have to be known, be loved, hear Jesus call our name for who we are. But then there's a purpose in in that as mm. well.
1: Mm. I love that that line. Don't mm. don't hold on to me. It's mm. interesting. I mean, yeah, because if, if you're right, if ca- calling is partly the recogni- the recognizing of intimacy, mm-hmm. of like, oh, you know me and you want to talk to me and I have a relationship with you. And then that's so sweet. It's so profound that you'd want to hold on yeah, yeah. to that and never let go, <laughs> you know, to think this is the height of mm-hmm. spirituality of my relationship with God is to just hold on to this. And yet... That isn't quite right either, is it? You have to let go to accomplish something, yeah. to be sent.
0: And I think the church probably has has done that well, done the relationship with Jesus mm. about being a you know, remaining me, be present with mm. Jesus, which is really important. But we've forgotten the other part of, you know, when Jesus calls the disciples, it's follow me and I will make you fishers of men. There was mm. a purpose to it as well. It wasn't just to be with Jesus, but actually yeah. there's a purpose as well. How do we establish that? How do we understand that for people? How do we pay, hear, help people hear from God that God might have something, a job for them, an assignment for them to do as well as just being with him?
1: And I think that's an important distinction we have to make, too, when we're talking about calling, that we don't just mean it as some sort of um, fulfillment or personal actualization or something like that. Where, Because in my experience, people are very interested in the question of calling. They're very interested in figuring out what am I good at? What? Uh, where will I have a greatest sense of significance or purpose? Like what's my, you know, destiny as a human being, what was I made to do? But, but you can think about that. We can have that conversation and it really have nothing to do with Jesus. You know, yeah. it's like, I just, I, I come alive when I, when I, uh, you know, care for people. And so I've become a nurse and I just realized that's my calling or mm-hmm. I, I love, you know, 10 year olds. And so I became a teacher and, and I just, i'm my truest self my best version of myself when i'm teaching those 10 year olds that's my calling and yet it could have really nothing to do Mm -hmm. with the the one who called you the one who made you the one who designed you and then ultimately he has made you that way for his purposes for the for the delivery of his kingdom to the world for for the redemption of all things actually for the installation of his reign in the world this is this is about connecting that that I don't know that that sort of existential um, desire to know myself and to know what I'm good at, and really what would maybe give me the greatest sense of joy or personal satisfaction, with the purposes of God and the world. And so when we talk about calling, we're talking about the, the the overlapping of those two realities. I'm not I'm not negating personal fulfillment, but also not saying personal fulfillment is not the goal that's not in the end it's just how do we find a way to make you kind of your Mm -hmm. best life or whatever but ironically your best life is going to be tied in with the fulfilling of the kingdom like he's not going to probably call you lifelong into a work that you hate and are terrible Mm -hmm. at and is really contrary to your personality or something like that so it, it takes work it takes time i was thinking about um matthew 28 the kind of the the commissioning you know that go and make disciples and teach them to obey and and that relationship too to obedience to the commands of jesus is really the at the core of discipleship but it but it's relational so he ends that that thing with like if you do this then i'll be with you mm-hmm. to the ends of the earth, which is a beautiful way to end Matthew because Matthew's gospel begins with that revelation of Jesus as Emmanuel, you know, God, God with us. And then the promise at the end is that he will be with us if we are kind of calling people to obey Jesus. But man, I, I just feel like I run into people all the time that what they just, they, they sterilize that to be things he once said in the bible and that's it Mm -hmm. as if he's just doesn't speak anymore and his voice has gone silent and all we have to know about what does obedience to jesus look like is in the pages of scripture and i just think that's that's actually incorrect i think that he is a living person and through his spirit which is now present in all of our lives present to all of us who have received him we have the possibility of the living logos the living word of god the living word of jesus just violating our autonomy and just coming into our lives
0: everywhere left right top bottom so what does that look like for you do you have do you feel kind of a an ongoing calling What does calling look like in your life? Do do you feel kind of a smaller calling every day in various different ways?
1: Yeah. So it's funny because I think you take a group of people like the Pentecostals, you know, who really would understand that sort of living word, that present word that God is speaking to us all the time and we're listening for his voice. Uh, And then you have, on the other hand, this sort of like, I don't know, the, the cessationalist kind of camp, which would say... Ah, you know, the, the, the Bible was sealed, mm-hmm. canon was true. sealed, and that's the end, and that's all we have. Um but in both cases, there's kind of this um a failure to listen to the the call of God in a persistent way. So even if I think, okay, which you know, which cereal am I supposed to buy? Holy Spirit, tell me, you know, which mm-hmm. which which tires should I get for my car, you know. <laughs> Okay, maybe, and, there, and maybe it could be that clear. His voice is that accessible, that available. But what about a persistent word? You know, like you're meant to care for people with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really what I want you to do. Not just today. Mm-hmm. Not just in this moment. So you have sort of the, the, the historical version of Christianity, which is just completely rooted in something 2,000 years ago. And then you have the kind of the charismatic expression, which is like it's all about the right now. It's all about the right now, but but for me, I think this this question of calling has to do with sort of a persistent. Like he keeps asking me to do these same things over and over again, and I wonder if that has something to do with the trajectory of my life that I'm meant to. I'm I'm. He's constantly asking me to teach his word, or he's constantly asking me to to activate people in leadership. Maybe that could have something to do with my. Longer term, persistent mm-hmm. calling, but it, re- but I just, again, I just want to, I, I need to think about it as, as an expression of a personal relationship. Mm-hmm. Like God is speaking to me mm-hmm. and to you every day, probably. But when, when there is a persistent word from Him, what, what, what is that? What do we make of that? What mm-hmm. do we call that?
0: Because I think when you recognize that in people, or you have conversations with people about some of those persistent things there's a a release there's a a permission to try and maybe it needs someone to to help with it yeah i don't know in your journey have you was there particular ways that you felt god calling you i know for me it's probably been yeah probably in that prayer hearing god's that still small voice maybe through other people encouraging or pointing out things Mm. you know maybe a gifting you know it's probably a combination of various different things
1: yeah when did you when did you feel like i need to do ministry like this is my this is who i am this is what i'm supposed to do yeah i think yeah. it was
0: probably through opportunities that i had and sharing with people who didn't have a faith and really been energized by that people saying particular things maybe encourage me in particular areas some of them are practical things like a, a test on gifting and that being confirmed by other people it's probably a bit of a journey um but definitely glimpses of god at work and seeing i'm getting excited about this because god's god's in this
1: can you mark a time when you you sort of admitted or acknowledged like this i'm called to do this
0: yeah there probably is one or two moments in time yeah that was then developed after that hmm. there's a particular yeah when i heard maybe god was saying hmm. this is something for you what about you did you have
1: i mean for me it would have been i was I, I can remember i was 18 um i was at a was of like a i think it was like a high school kind of aged teenager worship gathering thing at a church. And I never really, uh, you know, I grew up in the Presbyterian church, so I'd never really seen kind of charismatic worship and these kids were just going for it, man. They were just going, maybe a hundred kids in the room. It wasn't yeah. huge and, you know, lifting their hands and really going for it. I hadn't seen it before, but it felt familiar to me like, cause I was, I was pretty committed to Jesus at least I thought I was in my heart and I can remember feeling like this is what I have to do with the rest of my life I have to I have to help people do this so in in a weird sense I I felt I feel like I still am a worship leader you know even though I'm my work is apostolic you know it's missional yeah. it's really just why do you do mission I mean that's John Piper's line yeah. first line in that book let the nations be glad you know mission exists because worship doesn't mm-hmm. like the ultimate thing is worships yeah. God, people giving glory to their creator who loves them and made them. And, and where we don't worship him, we want to, where people are not worshiping him. We, we engage in mission. And in many, in many ways, I think being the person he's called you to be like, he knows us best. So if he whispers, this is what you ought to do with your life. It's going to, of course, it will probably be the greatest level of personal fulfillment, but it will also give him glory. I mean, it's it's a kind of act of worship when you see a person really doing what they're made to do, what they're so good at. I mean, when I see people who are really called and gifted and sometimes it's not my calling or my gifting i'm just in all of it you can sort of be like how do you do that yeah. how how are you able to do that and to them it's easy to them they might look at at you and say but it, yeah but how do you i can't do what you do how do you do what you do it's part of the beauty of the church
0: really and you say you say it's easy i don't think necessarily it's always easy there's a sacrifice and there's a difficulty with it it's not saying once you discover your calling that life fair is perfect enough. and yeah, everything's lovely yeah. but there is a maybe a perseverance or resilience that you get when you believe God's called you into something you're not you don't need to be convinced to do it yeah that you're going to do it even though it's difficult and when you see someone who has discovered a calling or heard God's voice encouraging them to push on and do something then that is something that energizes them, keeps them going even yeah. though it gets difficult
1: yeah yeah it's and and for every hard day you have doing something you're called to do yeah. uh there's at least one day where you think ah this is this it is why i do it. this is this is who i am yeah you know and if you just do life in drudgery and without mm. the leadership of god you'll just have mostly rough days probably mm. um yeah, it's interesting you brought up the you accidentally referenced first kings 19 you know the whisper because yeah. that's that's a really beautiful powerful image of was it Elijah, you know? Yeah. He was like, Okay, wait for me, I'm gonna come speak to you. And then there's a a wind, a strong, powerful wind, and then a an earthquake and then a raging fire. And he didn't come. His voice wasn't in the mm-hmm. wind or the earthquake or the fire. It was in a small, gentle whisper, small voice in that cave or whatever um so you know what is calling it's hearing that voice and it often doesn't come in the in the big huge epic thing in our lives it comes to these sort of subtle moments mm-hmm. with god where he's actually saying whispering actually to us this is who you are This is who i've made you to be be this do this and then of course because god has a heart for for the world because he really wants to see every single human being come into relationship with him saving redemptive healing relationship i think he means to whisper in our ear tasks assignments that are both the truth of who we are but also a revelation of of the accomplishing of that that mission in the world and man there's nothing actually there's there's literally nothing better for a human being in this life than to feel like we're a part of that to feel like we're we're ushering in we're 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 some small part of ushering in the reign of Jesus in the world. I mean, I, I can't think of anything better yeah. that you could imagine to do with your life. So we have to stop and listen to the whisper, to the to the the gentle you know.
0: And I think some people are very good at doing that, at slowing down hearing that still small voice and um but I think there's other things, I know for me that have been helpful in the past to maybe affirm some of what i've been hearing from god through other people through various things and one of the things Mm -hmm. i suppose we wanted to encourage people to be part of or come along to is the two calling labs that we're going to run in dublin and belfast in october um it's the 5th of october in dublin Mm and 19th of october in belfast and it's really it's not magic or rocket science it's just really an intentional time to be together to hear that still small voice in silence by yourself but also use some other tools and uh, ways to maybe hear what God might be calling us looking at what we have in front of us what our past has looked like etc and try and help people work through those kind of things I don't know if you ever um you get sometimes in those magazines where you get the you answer these six questions and it leads you down to the bottom to this is the type of person you are this is the type of person you are I think those things people are kind of fascinated by those kind of things understanding themselves better Mm, mm. and I think the calling lab will help us to understand ourselves better, but also hear what God might be saying to us, what our part in the kingdom is. And I think that's, yeah, far more powerful than just knowing what kind of um, pop star you're like. <laughs> Which
1: animal you're most, you most resemble. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and how do we make sense as believers? How do we make sense of those kind of personality typologies? Because, because it does seem like they have value. Mm-hmm. Um and, I, and maybe maybe part of the deep yearning there why we want to fill out the questionnaire why we want to know more about ourselves is because we're we're actually searching in that in the pages of that magazine for the voice of god we're actually we're looking for someone definitive with authority to say this is who you are yeah and we're all at some level still struggling with who am i mm-hmm. who am i um you know there's a there's a guy who, who's done a lot of work on what you could call lifelong leadership development uh called bobby clinton and he he essentially says that li- life is broken down into three questions so the sort of early phase of life when you're in your 20s or something you're you're asking the question who am i that's the question of identity you know and then that sort of gives way he says to um the question of of significance like what what am i to do what should i do And he says that gives way in the last season of life to the question of legacy, like what will I leave behind? Mm -hmm. And I think that's beautiful. And of course, you know, I I think when I think about lifelong development, I think of maybe even six phases that come through us in the course of our lives. And so calling is also something that that evolves with us, that changes, because God knows us and he's walking with us through these like cycles of our lives. And and his words to us. And when we're in our 20s, you know, do have more to do probably with the answer to the question you're asking, which is, Lord, who am I? Mm -hmm. You know, and then you you hit your 30s, mid 30s and so on. You probably should be starting to, if you're not already understanding it, asking the question, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, what is my contribution that I will make to the kingdom in the world? Uh, And then if you, you sort of later stage of life, you really should be asking the question, uh what will i leave behind Mm -hmm. what is my what is my legacy and how do i pass on who i am and what i Mm -hmm. what i have done and what i know Mm -hmm. to other people so it's beautiful so i would say you know our calling these two events that we want to run in ireland so if you live if you live in the island we want you there Mm -hmm. we you're invited um and it is it is a gift a luxurious gift of time to just ask these questions and to say to actually listen a little bit in prayer but to also look at the data of your life you know that God has already given you. Yep. He's already probably showed you quite a bit. And just getting a little bit of, of guidance, a little bit of expert leadership to help you process and make sense of the, the stuff he's already said, the data you already have, and then to listen and to try and triangulate to a mm-hmm. question of like, I think at this phase of my life, I am called mm-hmm. to this. And it's possible, that even us, you know, now, it's not like, oh, I did that once when I was 20 or 30. So I'm good, you know, for the rest of my mm-hmm. life. That because our lives, because the seasons of our lives change, we have to keep coming back to mm-hmm. God and asking these questions.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think it's really important when, you know, if, if someone's been recently retired or someone's yeah. 70 or 80, that there isn't a question of that's it. God's done with me. God can't use me anymore. It's whatever age we're at that, no, yeah. that God is calling us to do something.
1: Yeah. And in each phase of life, in, in many ways, you bring a different set of skills and a different a different sort of significance. And truthfully, I, there is no one who knows you better than him. So we, we turn to Jesus because he just knows you. He loves you. And he's very, very good at this. He's mm-hmm. very good at deploying his people into just the right place mm-hmm. where there's a challenge there that really it not easy and it pushes us, but it doesn't push us so hard that it breaks us. It fits us really only he can answer those questions. So if, if, if you have time, if, if you're have a yearning to know that about yourself, um, to even just hear God's voice, if you feel like you've heard that before, but you, you wonder if some things have changed or some things are changing, your life is in transition. Um, and, and this is really important. And you're really open to being used by God. You want him to take your life and use it somehow mm-hmm. for his kingdom. This isn't just about you doing self-discovery, but it is about mm. offering our lives in worship to his purposes mm. in the world and, and in Ireland. So this we're, of course, really interested in doing these. We're taking these two cities, one in the north, one in Dublin, so that you know anybody that has a yearning to be part of seeing the kingdom come in our time in this island in this island, we um we
0: want
1: we, we want to make that kind of
0: luxurious space available. And I think you mentioned in the last podcast that we did that it's not about a church leader or us telling people what to do, which is sometimes what people can be good at. But it actually is really trying to facilitate yeah. individuals hearing God's voice through various different ways of doing things but people wanting to hear god's voice for themselves and that being really key and crucial in going forward
1: Mm. he's just a good he's the best leader for his church isn't he? exactly
0: yeah good game you've been listening to mission disco a podcast by praxis movement you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter at praxis movement Subscribe, like or download this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud or online at PraxisMovement.com.